and also Chase Claypool did briefly leave the game on Sunday, um, but did return. I don't know where my light just went. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> hmm. When you try to set your line up, but you don't know what to do, you can't make your mind up, need someone to turn to. We've got your back, we've got the stats, we'll help you block out all the haters. For fantasy football help, call 25 yards later. Welcome in to another episode of the 25 Yards Later Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Nick Luciano. And I'm Elijah Motika. You can follow the show at 25YLFF on Twitter. Um, We are coming off a great week of football. Um, A historic week in many uh, aspects, which... um, sets up our touchback player of the week um and i think we kind of have an honorary touchback player this week um even though he did not have the most touchbacks um justin tucker had a 66 yard field goal to win um the game against the lions uh the longest kick by a full two yards um so no one had even kicked a 65 yarder um and so justin tucker is our honorary touchback player i mean that's Um, like he he kicked it really far and he kicked it with his feet yeah he kicked it with his feet (laughs) (laughs) what a guy he is he embodies the essence (laughs) of the song um so yes, Justin Tucker is our honorary touchback player of the week. Um the actual touchback player is much less entertaining. Um Jason Sanders and Greg Zerline tied with seven touchbacks each. Um Sanders did get two of them in overtime. So hmm. if Does we were doing like a, Yeah, if we were doing a uh if we were doing a tiebreaker, I think Greg Zerline would win by most <laughs> most per minute. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, the both, uh, both Zerline and Sanders had the most plays that started their opponents out um, on their next drives 25 yards later. You kicked it really far. You kicked it with your feet. You're the touchback player of the week. Congratulations! So, um, the big news of the week, um, just really upsetting news coming out of Carolina. I think personally, the biggest fantasy news of the week. Um, and of course I am talking about Dan Arnold getting traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, this hurts me to my core. Um, let it I, out. Let it out. It's okay. I got him. I, I was so excited. He was my most hyped offen- uh, off-season signing. I knew going in, you know, 
he was not a special player, really. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have a great season. To be honest, his couple of plays that he had made outperformed really what I thought he was going to do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Dane Arnold, I knew you, I got to, I got you for so little time. Um, it hurts. It makes me sad um, that a player that I liked even before he was coming to the team signed to my team, and now he's gone. Um, that said, he might have a nice season out in Jacksonville. Um, I would much rather be on the 3-0 Panthers, but um, uh, James O'Shaughnessy before he got hurt, had had some nice performances, so there's some opportunity here where maybe it's better for him uh, fantasy-wise, although uh, I don't really think that the... Uh, the Jaguars receiving core is like a poor man's Panthers receiving core, so it's not like it's that much <laughs> more or less competition for targets, but maybe a different system and he'll do some nice things there yeah, too i mean maybe you know your your love was short-lived the relationship was sweet and sometimes you just have to let someone go so that they can flourish in a new place with someone new it's okay it's gonna be okay it's better to have loved and lost and that's how i feel about dan arnold um the actual big um news out of panthers world this week is obviously christian mccaffrey um suffering a hamstring injury thursday night um he was not placed on ir which gives us optimism that he'll be back within three weeks um luckily since it was a thursday he does have some extra a couple built-in extra days to recover as well um but at the very least he's going to miss this week um if Chuba Hubbard it somehow survived your waiver um, wire on Tuesday, uh, certainly go pick him up because he's probably a start this week against the Cowboys. Um, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to our league mate, Adam, real quick for just the world's most fantastic trade. Cam, uh, I know you're really trying hard to get CMC and you got him just in time. <laughs> we pushed the trade through right before Thursday night football so that Cam could get CMC and trade away Saquon and trade away Najee. And Adam very wisely picked up and kept Chuba Hubbard. And <laughs> so he traded away CMC and received two top 10 running backs and the Panthers starting running back for this week. It was just brilliant that is, stuff. That is the kind of kiss of death trade that usually only happens with me. That's impressive. Yeah. I, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to, I just that you know, nobody roots for injury. Obviously injuries aren't funny, but that was just some, some sweet irony after Cam was trying for three weeks so hard to get Christian McCaffrey and Adam just, predicted the future a little bit all right back to the news yes um so speaking of Steelers like Najee Harris um Juju Smith-Schuster was uh did not practice on Wednesday with bruised ribs he left the game uh midway through uh this past week 
Um, while Deontay Johnson returned to limited practice, um, he missed the game entirely this past week. Um, Juju's listed as day-to-day, so I would assume that he has at least a 50 or 60% chance to play. Um, much more optimistic than if it was like a week-to-week. All right, so through the magic of editing, it is about 10 minutes after the last sentence that you heard me say. Um, a very odd thing happened where the power went out in my house and apparently all of seven other households <laughs> on my block uh, for about 10 minutes. Um, we were very afraid for a moment that we were just going to have to use a mobile hotspot and <laughs> laptop battery to uh, <laughs> to get through this podcast tonight. But, but we persevere. Yeah, we persevered, and Duke Power persevered, and got us back online um, only a couple minutes later, and not the 3.30 in the morning that it had originally projected, so... Um, yes, we are back. You should probably heard the moment at the very top of the show, um, before the, before the theme song happened. Um, yeah, great stuff. <laughs> so um, we were talking about the Steelers wide receivers. Yes. Um, so I think what happened or what I was saying mid sentence was that, uh, Chase Claypool returned to the game after getting injured. So, um, he, I think, should be fine to play this week. Um, I don't know what we cut, um, but Juju was DMP, um, Wednesday with bruised ribs. Um, day-to-day, Deontay returned to practice after missing the last game. So, um, I would kind of expect all three to play this week. Um, I don't know if it'll matter, because the Steelers offenses looked like hot hot garbage but um yeah they are at least those three fantasy options I think will be available um KJ Hamler wide receiver for the Broncos um it tore his ACL so unfortunately his season is done uh was a potential breakout um especially with Jerry Judy being injured um I don't know how much fantasy impact this will have. I'm sure there are some people that were still using him. He had a couple of good games, um, but James White uh, suffered a hip subluxation, same injury that uh, knocked out Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, has but he has now been ruled out for the rest of the year. Um, I did want us to, you know, just pause for a longtime fantasy contributor. Um, uh, and just reflect on a, a a very good career. I would kind of would be surprised if he comes he's back. Old. He's getting yeah. Up there. I, he's actually only twenty nine, but there's a lot of he's been around for a while now. Um, yeah, that's that's forty seven in running back years. Yeah, I think that this is essentially the end of his fantasy um, relevance. So pour one out for James White um who you know a great player for a long time um sterling shepherd was a dmp wednesday with a hamstring injury i kind of doubt that he plays um but certainly keep an eye on it if he is a player that both of us like in general um t higgins um 
this has already happened by the time that you get um another future past get, moment yeah another is it future is it past for the twin peaks people out there um but t higgins is out uh for month or for thursday night football with the shoulder injury um and then aj brown and julio jones both titans wide receivers are dealing with injuries um a player named nick westbrook ikeen i-k-h-i-n-e um not really sure how to pronounce that have only seen his name in text um but he very well might be the titans wide receiver one this week so um worth a so start derrick uh, henry yeah start derrick henry i mean he could be worth a dfs you know a dfs flyer or at like if you're in a deep league or a dynasty league he's worth the worth a shot picking up and he played well in relief um this past week so um Daryl Henderson um, returned to practice Wednesday. Uh, McVeigh says that he expects him to play this week, but isn't a hundred percent lock. Um, and then another player that we will get into a little bit during the previews, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling um, was a DNP uh, with a hamstring injury. So it is unclear if he will play Sunday um, before we get into the, uh, into the previews um so a couple of show notes here <laughs> so um we have something that i have dubbed shorts watch because uh elijah said that he would eat his shorts if tony pollard was a running back tw- or a top 24 running back three times um the rest of the season after his big week two performance Mm -hmm. um so we are very much watching uh i i I personally think your shorts are in danger elijah (laughs) they might um but uh it was not this week where tony pollard had was the rb40 um we will get into him more into the uh previews but um yes at least in this week my shorts are safe yeah your shorts are safe um and then we also got our first hate tweet this week oh yeah we did <laughs> yes we sure um, did i uh i let's see this is uh uh at william seven two five nine six one zero nine uh you know classic uh not a troll account (laughs) uh gave us the old have you been watching the games or look at the stats at least lol uh in answer to a tweet about uh rondell moore so we'll talk about that in the previews too but uh we were right and at william seven two five nine six one oh nine thanks for following us on twitter I don't even know, think he followed us. I think he just saw Rondale Moore tweets and was like, look at these clowns. Look at these very accurate um, clowns. You know, the the classic first name string of numbers um, historically have a very good track record of quality takes. So just adding to that list of people with... Uh, basically troll accounts um with good incorrect takes (laughs) so i appreciate i appreciate the love i I think we finally made it 
Uh, yeah, we finally made it. We got our first. Do you even watch the games? Even through it, do you even look at the stats? Even though I think <laughs> the stats largely backed us up. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, we will get into that in a couple of game previews. Um, so Elijah, you wanted to talk about the entire NFC West this week. That's true. Um, so start us off with Seahawks and 49ers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Seahawks at the 49ers this week. We got a 52-point over-under. The 49ers favored by three, which is an interesting line. Um, Mm. So let's go ahead and uh, start here with the Seahawks, which are a pretty predictable bunch. Um, But there's been some nervousness, a little bit of up and downs with the Seahawks experience, as there usually is. Tyler Lockett had gone bonkers the first couple of weeks uh, and had, uh, you know, back to the Tyler Lockett that we know and love this past week um, with, uh, he caught all his targets four for four, but just for 31 yards and no touchdowns. And it was a DK Metcalf week where he had six catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. You're starting both of those guys. It was good to see DK Metcalf with a big game because uh, Tyler Lockett had been stealing everything. Um, but you're starting both of those wide receivers for sure. Um, there's somebody else that uh, plays wide receiver for the Seahawks, and they were so irrelevant that I deleted their name from the doc. Uh, Freddie Swain, was that his name? Something like yes, that? Yes, Freddie Swain. Uh, um, don't pick him up. Don't start. I mean, it's the deepest of deep leagues, but uh, yeah, it's it's... DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there. Uh, And the guy throwing him the ball is also a fantastic start. Uh, Russell Wilson has just been pretty on fire this season. Had a super efficient week last week. Not the best fantasy week. uh, Just the one passing touchdown, a little under 300 yards. Um, But I think that there's some potential uh, to throw on the 49ers this week who have some issues in their secondary. uh, So, I'm not too concerned about these passing options. Just if you got Russell Wilson, fire him up. Uh, unless you were, I don't know, also drafted another top uh, quarterback. But uh, yeah, Russell Wilson, all the passing game options here. Good start. Um, Chris Carson as well. You know, pretty predictable. Again, Chris Carson just keeps being underrated and chugging along. Uh, last week, he... You know, went 80 yards and a touchdown, couple receptions, uh, averaged one yard per reception, which is pretty Chris Carson esque. Um, but he's a, a really solid RB two with a little bit of upside. This week, I'm not as interested, uh, or not as uh, I don't think the upside is there quite as much in this matchup. Um, but you're starting Chris Carson uh, as a solid RB two every week. Um, and then the only thing that some people may have been counting on in the tight end streamer category was Gerald Everett, uh, who's been placed on the COVID list today. So not him this week. Um, he, you know, Gerald Everett has been doing what tight ends do, you know, 10 points in week one, one point in week two, 10 points again in week three. Uh, so you could have been relying on him a little bit as a tight end streamer. Uh, and his replacement here would be Will Disley. Uh, but you're not starting Will Disley, um, who has a combined 11 points in three games, 11 PPR points in three games. Um, so look elsewhere for your streaming tight end. 
Uh, I've got somebody for you down in the speed round. Um, but that is pretty much the Seahawks' offensive mm-hmm. weapons. It's start the main guys, and I'm not too worried about this matchup here. What What do you think? Uh, I noticed that Russ's rushing numbers are way, way down this mm-hmm. year so far. Um, just 11 for 32 and no touchdowns right now. Um, you know, a... I, his career low is like 250 yards. So, yeah. um, is that concerning? At 2.9 yards per carry is his lowest by far. Um, and that's obviously a par- big part of his game. Are you concerned at all that maybe age is starting to catch up to him and maybe the uh rushing numbers of old are gone forever do you think it's just a a small slump what do you think of that um i think that that little uh, trend i think that so far they've played three teams that can't stop the pass uh and so why why run the ball (laughs) you know like week one four passing touchdowns and super efficient numbers uh, week two, almost 350 passing yards on super efficient numbers. Um, you know, and they put up almost 30 points in each of those games. And this past week, uh, you know, it, it was not the best week for him, um, but still had an efficient passing game. And so it could just be a lot of success through the air. And then all the rushing is for Chris Carson. I mean, for the most part, uh, Russ's rushing has been all like scramble stuff. You know, they don't call a lot of designed runs for him. Um, and he just ends up with, uh, you know, with a lot of rushing yards at the end of the year. Um, but I'm not too worried about it. He's been in little slumps like this before, and I would expect him to shake out with a good handful of rushing yards at the, at the end of the year, especially when they start getting into some better defenses against the pass. Uh, that may make him hold the ball a little longer, may make him scramble out of the pocket a little bit more often and use that as his option instead of just finding wide-open guys everywhere. Um, so let's hop over to the their opponent this week, the 49ers, um, which have just uh, uh, really mysteries <laughs> everywhere. Um, one... One position that isn't really a mystery for fantasy is quarterback. Uh, You're not starting Jimmy Garoppolo, who's the starter. Uh, You're also not starting Trey Lance, who is the guy that we all wish was the starter, um, but isn't yet. I'm still holding him on my bench in a couple leagues in hopes that he takes this job and has a Mahomesian uh, rookie year, but uh, I don't know. We'll see how long I keep holding it, but uh, you're not you're not starting either quarterback right now until the job is 100% in Trey Lance's hands. Um, the next mysterious group for the 49ers are the running backs. Um, so Elijah Mitchell, uh, who was out last week, but the previous week saw all the work. Um, it looks like he was a limited practice participant today on Wednesday. So he's on track to start again. Uh, and I would expect that he returns to his lead back role. Uh, 
Trey Sermon uh, saw the most carries last week um, with 10, uh, and he got into the end zone late in the fourth quarter, um, but only averaged 3.1 yards per carry. Um, So if Mitchell ends up not playing, then you could probably expect Trey Sermon to get the large majority of the rushing attempts, but he didn't really do a lot with them, uh, which is a bit concerning, especially in this uh, Shanahan offense that can run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. Um, It seems like they don't love him so much yet. Uh, But the big story is in all caps, Kyle Juszczyk, fullback for the 49ers, uh, did some stuff for fantasy last week. Um, and Kyle Juszczyk's one of the best players in the league, but he's not a fantasy-relevant option. Um, but this past week, four receptions and a receiving touchdown. He got five carries, um, 69% of the snaps, which was very nice. Uh, don't pick him up, but it was so shocking to see his involvement. Um, and it just hurts Trey Sermon and maybe ends up continuing to hurt Elijah Mitchell a little bit. Um, and they also signed Jacquez Patrick uh, off the Bengals pat, uh, practice squad who didn't end up seeing any looks, but he's on the roster. Um, they're just, it's kind of a dumpster fire over there at uh, running back for San Francisco, which we never say. Um, Cause all, I mean, it's a confusing backfield, but it's because they're all pretty good. Um, so if Elijah Mitchell's back, I think you can flex him. If he's not back, I would probably not start anybody. Um, but definitely one of those like kind of keep your eye on moments. Um, and the other person to keep your eye on who is uh not even playing yet, but is Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, who is supposed to return after their week six bye. And so you could pick him up, stash him in your IR, because uh, he started the year on the PUP. Um, and maybe he ends up as the most experienced running back in this uh, running back room. Maybe he ends up being a late season ad. Uh, the one thing that I will say mm-hmm. about this running back situation is that Seattle so far gives up the most points to running backs through three games. Um, they have played some pretty good running backs, though, or some pretty good rushing offenses. Uh, you know, they in week one, they played Indy, uh, who has Jonathan Taylor, who has not really done that great this year, but they're you know decent running team. Uh, and then they played Tennessee week two when Derrick Henry went for like 50 fantasy points. And then last week uh, played the Vikings uh, and Alexander Madison had a nice week in that one as well. Um, and they're obviously a good rushing attack. So they have faced kind of a murderer's row of running backs, but it could also just be that they can't stop the run. So there's a little bit of potential there, but confusion in the San Francisco backfield. Um, hopefully Elijah Mitchell's back out there and would be a decent flex start for your team. Um, I know this is lots of mystery stuff. Do you have feelings on this uh, 49ers backfield, Nick? I, <laughs> it's, I, I mean, I generally try to avoid them, um, even when it's not this crazy. Um, just because, you know, 
the 49ers have just seem to be injury riddled every single year. Um, just absolutely snake bitten there. So um, I try to avoid, and there's also just like, there's like four guys at any given point anyways. Like, yep. you know, generally it'll be Ricky Mostert when he's healthy, but um, sometimes it is randomly Jeff Wilson. Like they don't just, ev- it seems like they rarely go with just a guy, even when their mm-hmm. studs are healthy. So yeah, I try to avoid them in general. Um, and I think if, you know, Kyle Juszczyk is out here getting <laughs> like, getting almost double digit touches and a touchdown that's not it's not the situation (laughs) i want to really be messing with right now yeah that makes sense to me um so let's uh talk about the pass catchers uh let's get one out of the way real quick muhammad sanu's on this team don't start (laughs) muhammad sanu um next let's talk about the ones that you might actually start uh we have debo samuel who started out just fiercely the first two weeks just going nuts uh, and this last week had a bit of a more pedestrian game uh five receptions for 52 yards but he got 10 targets so this is a process over result situation uh you know he has averaged 10 targets a game through these first three weeks exactly with 30 targets so far on the season 20 catches and over 300 yards in uh, three games so uh, definitely I'm keeping Debo in my lineup, not scared of the, you know, little bit of a dip here. 10 targets means that there's going to be production. Um, mm-hmm. and then Brandon, Ayuk came out of nowhere to play some football again. Um, I mean, he still had the same number of targets and one more yard than Muhammad Sanu that you just just 30 seconds ago. That's true. I guess uh, he did get a touchdown, which in fantasy changes everything. Um, but yeah, six targets, four receptions, 37 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and on the season, he has had eight targets, five receptions, 43 yards and that touchdown. Uh, interestingly, uh, same amount of targets and yards as the Muhammad Sanu <laughs> that I just buried a minute ago. Uh, so I don't know. Muhammad Sanu's old and Brandon Ayuk's young. Uh, so maybe that's it. That's the the fantasy trap that I've fallen into. Um, I will say though, Muhammad Sanu, one of my favorite wide receivers, former Bengal, uh, and just those glory days of. AJ Green and Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu starting 10 and 0, Andy Dalton at the helm. Whew, those are good days. Uh, but no longer. Muhammad Sanu's old now. Don't start Muhammad Sanu. Uh, and that is to say, good reminder by you. Also, probably don't start Brandon Ayuk, uh, <laughs> who did nothing the first two weeks. You know, we talked after week one about all of the very ominous stuff being said about. He's still learning how to be a pro. And if he wants to take the job, he's got to be better than the guy behind him and all of this stuff. And, you know, he had some more involvement this week after a combined two targets in the first two weeks. So maybe there's a little bit of hope there, um, but not enough hope. It seems like it is Debo Samuel and then the guy that you're definitely starting every week, George Kittle, 
are the two pass catches that you really want. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to see last week George Kittle coming through with a nice game. Nine targets, seven receptions, almost 100 yards. Um, that he'd started a little bit slow. Um, and so this was nice to see uh, him have a good game. But you're starting George Kittle every week regardless. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it should be an interesting matchup. I I think that the 52-point over-under on paper kind of looks like, you know, with all of these high-powered fantasy options, you know, maybe we're going to hit that over-under. But these divisional matchups uh, always seem to be a bit more of a dogfight uh, and a bit less of the high-scoring, high-flying game. Um, but that said, I mean, I think it's, you know, like I said, Seahawks can't stop the run so far. So if Elijah Mitchell plays, then maybe there's a flex play there. Debo is getting a ton of volume. George Kittle, you're starting every week. And then you can start all the big names from the Seahawks. And uh, I think it should be a really interesting game here. This one early on in the season, but is going to have a lot of impact for the rest of the season mm-hmm. uh, based on these standings in a tight division. Yeah, I will. I would be. I would probably be smashing the under on this one if I was so inclined. But um, uh, I will say one thing um, that seems to indicate that Ayuk is at least trending the right way. Um, this is from I think Jack Miller from NBC Sports Edge. Um, he ran more routes in week three, uh, forty-four, than he did in weeks one and two combined. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know at the very least is trending the right way yeah maybe there is hope left for uh one of your off-season fans off-season loves yeah i I ended up not getting him anywhere which (laughs) feels a lot better after one and two but i wanted him everywhere that i (laughs) that i drafted so um yes hopefully there's still hope um so let's go on to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Green Bay Packers. This is a 45.5 point over under um, Packers are minus six and a half. Um, so the Steelers, like we said at the top, kind of been a hot mess this year. Um, and would just like to remind you that I ranked them outside the top 20 in my offensive power rankings to begin the the season. I'm feeling very good about that ranking. Um, and so Ben last week, um, just 318 yards on 58 attempts, not a very good uh, yards per attempt there. One interception, two touch or one touchdown, two interceptions. In fairness, um, all the pass catchers got hurt, um, leading to Najee Harris <laughs> having an absolutely ludicrous day. Um, just 14 carries for 40, y- just 14 yards, but then 14 catches for 102 yards. Um, Ooh, 19 targets. Yes, 19 targets. Um, also, according to Jack Miller, is the most, um, or the second most single game running back targets since at least 1950 by one player. So, yeah. Is that uh, good? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, near historic game for Najee Harris. Um, so I, that said, I am a little concerned that he, with some of the efficiency of his rushing, 
Um, he has yet to rush for four yards per carry and has two of his three games where he doesn't even hit three yards per carry. Mm. Um, that said, the volume is just way too good. Um, he's a auto start. Um, Packers are mid pack uh, middle of the pack in um, points against for the running back position. So I think, you know, even with efficiency concerns, um, Najee is a smash start this week. I don't think you're probably starting Ben um, outside of a super flex league. Um, so oh, the even, wide receivers, even then, what was that? Even then, uh, I don't know. Are you starting Taylor Heineke or are you starting Ben Heineke? Yeah. I mean, are you starting Jimmy Garoppolo or are you starting Ben? Ben. Okay. I think I'm starting Ben over. Uh, Cause Gar- Ben at least doesn't have the, doesn't have the worry of getting pulled mid game. That's true. Um, uh, better weapons. I, I is Garoppolo probably be- the better player at this point of his career. Probably hmm. does. Is there anyone behind t- Ben pushing him? No. Is does Ben have better weapons? Yes. So, um, okay. so maybe yeah, I low think end, I would uh, QB two. Yeah, low on QB two. I would I would pick Garoppolo or I would pick Ben over Garoppolo. I think. Um, the wide receivers. I feel comfortable starting all three of them given the situation. I uh, Deontay Johnson is, if healthy, pushing for LON um, wide receiver one, but is probably still a high end wide receiver two. Um, Juju, I would say high end wide receiver three in a PPR. Um, Claypool maybe a volatile mid middle wide receiver three um that who gets a lot more interesting if any of the other two sit yeah um, i think it's it definitely is that sorry to to jump in here just looking no, at good. uh at the year so far and obviously this has some to do with injuries um but claypool has 10 more targets on the season than juju does um and only seven more than Deontay Johnson and Deontay Johnson missed an entire game. Uh, Juju did miss most of the game last week as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just think that's interesting. uh, Interesting to note. We think of Juju as this like target hog in the short area, Um, but he's not the, he's not the target leader on the team, even with, uh, you know, he hasn't out targeted Deontay Johnson either. And Deontay Johnson missed an entire game. Mm. Um, Deontay's clearly the I think the lead dog here yeah um I think that that mystery has been solved he was close to before he got injured he was close to the league lead in receptions he was only two off of that pace so um Juju I do think uh, again was injured but I what is a probably a safer play than Claypool um Claypool I think is throughout the season going to be the ceiling play Mm -hmm. um and that's just how I view all of them at this point. I uh, Deontay, uh, Deontay, I do think, cha- if healthy, challenges to be a uh, a wide receiver one. Yep. 
Um, the only other real option we're probably looking at here is if you're thinking about streaming Pat Firemuth, um, had a touchdown this last week, um, five targets, um, 10 targets for eight yard or eight catches and 81 yards on the season. Um, so, and maybe still, maybe still like a, a back end tight end too, but rookie tight is, ends, man. uh, yeah, rookie tight ends also just tight ends, <laughs> streaming, streaming tight ends. Um, so yeah, I, I think he, if you're, I mean, what's the difference between tight end eight and tight end 28? <laughs> it's draft you know, capital. As, yeah, I the one thing I will say Packers um uh give up the third most points to fantasy tight ends. So, you know, again, especially if someone else misses, um worth a shot. Um James Washington even if someone misses, I'm not interested in nor Ray Ray McLeod who had all of his production last week um for the season. So, those are the only other um that that's pretty much the Steelers offense. Um you're starting Najee. I feel comfortable starting any of those Steelers wide receivers. Sure, stream Pat, Pat Fryermuth, that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um for the Packers, I you know, Aaron Rodgers uh even in a pre- fairly tough matchup is a smash start. Um I will say uh, something that I did notice is his sort of slow pace in passing yards. And now obviously he had the first game that just, you know, tanked him. But um, I went back cause I was interested to see if this was a unique thing or if it was a trend. Um, so he has, he hasn't had a 300 yard passing game through the first three games. Um, that's actually the third time in the last four years that he hasn't had a 300 yard game during that stretch. Um, he had multiple last year, but then if we think back to like 2018, 2019, he we weren't really considering him as a like top three or a top five fantasy quarterback option. So, and those were the other two times of the four years that he went without a 300 yard game in his first three seasons. So maybe, or his first three games. So maybe he's back to, you know, being more of a back end QB one um, to be determined. Um, I don't like that. Definitely need. Yeah. <laughs> definitely need more data there. Um, just something that I noticed and concerned me. Um, Cause again, those other two seasons, I don't think we necessarily were thinking of him as the top option. Um, the other Aaron in the offense, Aaron Jones, um, again, even in a tough matchup, I don't know how, what you're doing. If you're sitting him just maybe um, again, it's a tough matchup. The, um, Steelers are uh give up the 28th most points to fantasy running backs so temper expectations but I don't see how you bench him. Um uh, for Devontae Adams there's not a wide receiver that 
that uh, there's no combination of two wide receivers um or three wide receivers i guess to if you were to flex him that would keep you out keep him out of your lineup had an absolute monster game this last week that helps push me um to 3 and 0 in our dynasty league um Robert Tanyan has been is maybe borderline droppable um yeah. which is very disappointing for a player that was drafted as a tight, top 10 fantasy tight end this year um only went uh one target for one catch last week um has only eight targets and six catches for 66 yards and a touchdown on the year um you know i maybe i i don't think i'm doing it this week um but i think he has potentially more entered the streaming uh category instead of the every week set and forget start that you had kind of hoped um the touchdown i the touchdowns were just i think too unsustainable last yeah, year the, total and, regression and that was yeah um I don't think that he had a chance to repeat that on the kind of minimal volume that he was getting. So, um, yeah, Tunyon, I think if this keeps up is droppable, um, and is more of a streamer, um, MVS has had, uh, is, you know, the MVS experience is very real. Um, that said he might not play this week. So, uh, monitor it. um, so the MVS experience this year is eight targets in week one, but had an awful game. He just straight goosed on four targets in week two. And then he had a nice game on four targets in week three. Um, that said, if he's healthy, he's the only other ancillary, uh, receiver that I'm considering, uh, flexing, even uh, although even in that case, probably in a deeper league, a twelve or a fourteen team league. Is it um, uh, so? Really, this is just this is a total aside. Is it ancillary or ancillary? Let's see. That's what you come to the uh, ancillary. Is it ancillary? I hear so many people say it, it ancillary. Is ancillary. All right. Uh, well, Google Google says ancillary. Sorry, I for for leading you all astray. I will try to remember that. And that was that wasn't a setup either. That was truly like <laughs> I have heard so many people say ancillary lately. And I'm just like I thought it was the other way, but maybe I've been wrong my entire life. And I know that's what you come to uh 25 yards later yeah. for is uh pronunciation of big words uh but uh yeah we can get back to the football i just got stuck my brain got stuck i mean our i mean our show is basically literature because uh (laughs) an ad that i a fake ad that i wrote was potentially taught in a college class so yeah um that we're basically literature um For like Alan, uh, going back to our uh, our actual thing, like Alan Lazard hasn't done anything this year. Um, Randall Cobb was trending towards maybe being a thing. Like he had uh, four targets. Uh, he, he had progressively more targets and then bottomed out for one target with no receptions in week three. 
Um, AJ Dillon, unfortunately, hasn't quite turned out in to be the Jamal Williams-esque flex that we uh, were hoping that he might develop into this year, at least not to this point. Um, just 15 rushes on the year and five targets through three games. So, yeah, not um, not quite there in the Tony Pollard, Jamal Williams flex with benefits that we were yeah, he hoping is that he might be pure quite possibly, at the moment. Yeah, quite possibly the most valuable handcuff the if he's on your waivers pick him up sunday morning before the game drop him tuesday after the games type of uh player every week but uh yeah i was trying to think of a of a name for those players and i the the best idea that i came up with was like like a transaction of shame like on Tuesday when you're just dropping these like like a walk of, like, uh, like a, walk, a of walk of shame almost I was like you just like Tuesday you just see like drop drop without ad drop without ad um for all of these you know backup running backs I don't know I, I'm workshopping it but like a walk <laughs> of shame transaction of shame I don't know drop of shame um you know the this these flyers that you took because you had an um, at a player in your IR slot and an empty roster spot so you were just like we'll see if this happens if not I'll just drop them in the morning um anyways that is our Packers preview did you have any other thoughts on this game I just I really I think this is a reduce expectations for fantasy type game uh mm-hmm. like we talked about um the the Steelers have a really good defense. Uh, the Packers have a, a solid defense. But more than that, it's that the Steelers offense has been uh, a super sputter type of mm-hmm. experience there. Um, uh, sometimes literally like Ben Roethlisberger tripping on himself. <laughs> yep, sometimes literally. Uh, so yeah, this is a just reduce expectations here in this game. Uh, I think if Deontay Johnson is out there, he's probably going to be seeing the shadow treatment from one of the best corners in the league. Um, It's it's just going to be rough. Um, Still start your studs, um, Mm -hmm. but I definitely uh, would try. And if you're making your flex choice with, you know, you have an Aaron Jones or whatever on your team, go for an upside play uh, to try and balance that because your studs may be a little less studly this week. And this kind of low over under, uh, and I think it'll be it'll be a tough matchup all around. Yeah, definitely plenty of fantasy options, but uh, which is what attracted me to the game. But yeah, the challenge is figuring out who's going to be good and figuring out what your expectations for those players are going to be this week. Um, so we are going to take a quick break. And we will be back on the other side. We know you've been scared watching horror movies by yourself. Well, now you don't have to. Hang out with Ruminations of Redrum. All things horror, from movies to the latest spooky games we've played. Come hang out. But hurry. The killer's behind you! And we're back. So, um, Elijah, finish up your trip around the NFC West with Cardinals and Rams. Yeah, let's do it. This game uh much more should be a much higher scoring game than the last one we talked about. Um and 
It is Cardinals that are three and zero at the Rams, also three and zero. We have a beautiful fifty-five point over under here. Rams are favored by four and a half. Um, that I think, uh, if this were you know when they have their rematch uh, later in the season at the Cardinals Stadium, it'll probably be uh, a bit of the same just with the line flipped the other way with the Cardinals being favored there. Um, but the Rams are just coming off of, uh, you know, some statement performances uh, beating up on the Bucks. Um, so, yeah, I think this is going to be a really exciting game with legitimate fantasy options all over the place. Um, and let's start with the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray is just, he's real good, dude. He's just really good. I mean, even this past week was a bit of a down week for him, you could say. Um, But, you know, without throwing any passing touchdowns uh, and he still was serviceable. I mean, it's a almost 19 point uh, fantasy week in your standard scoring. Uh, for quarterbacks, but he just has that rushing upside. Did rush, uh, uh, get a rushing touchdown in on the ground. And so far this season, I mean, he started the first two weeks with over 30 points in each of those weeks. So I expect this matchup for him to come back with some more rushing yards, a couple of uh, passing touchdowns in here. I, I mean, you're starting Kyler Murray, obviously, but he is fully exploding this year. Like we, uh, expected him to to do last year um and did last year before his injury so don't be afraid of that down week uh this past week um then we have a bit of a mystery uh you know I'm all about running back mysteries this week we've got our Chase Edmonds James Connor split uh Chase Edmonds out snapped James Connor this past week 64% to 39% uh, and I guess somebody had, a, you know, somebody else had a brief amount of snaps in there uh, at the running back position. Um, but Chase Edmonds with uh, only 11 rushes for 26 yards last week, but eight targets, seven receptions, 49 yards. So he is the guy in the passing game, whereas James Conner, actually got the same amount of rushing attempts with 11, but got two rushing touchdowns. So uh, he is the touchdown maker, but I really like uh, Chase Edmonds a little bit more, especially in PPR for Mm -hmm. all of that passing upside uh, because James Conner had no targets um, and on the season has had one target, one catch, and 10 yards. Um, So I think in this matchup, it's a Chase Edmonds-type situation. Because uh, they'll be able to get him those uh, short area targets where he can get away from Aaron Donald instead of James Conner, who will probably be just running it up the middle into the scariest defensive end in football or defensive tackle in football. Um, so yeah, I think you could probably flex them both in a game that should be, you know, it's a high over under, lots of points to be had. Uh, but definitely, I feel better about Chase Edmonds this week. Um, and this is where we get into uh, why I was really excited to talk about this game uh, was <laughs> to just pile on a little bit to our uh, at William 
string of numbers. Have you been watching the games or look at the stats at least guy? Um, that was in response to a tweet that we put out um, that the Rondale Moore hype is out of control. I mean, the first, especially the second week in particular, uh, he had a really big week, um, but not on a lot of touches. Um, and he just hadn't been getting that many opportunities, uh, not seeing a lot of snaps. And, but people were starting to talk about, like, should I start Chris Godwin or Rondell Moore? And it just got outrageous. So I decided to share with our little teeny tiny corner of Twitter that we occupy that maybe you don't want to chase those points too much. Uh, in this past week, Rondell Moore had two targets, two receptions for one yard uh, to go with a rush attempt for three yards. Um, but on, we're kind of going to work backwards with the wide receivers here. But Rondale Moore has yet to play 30 offensive snaps in a game. Uh, snap percentage of 29%, 46%, and 34%. Uh, that's, that's not great. So far, he's essentially, no, <laughs> you know, like he's had one big week for fantasy. Uh, the first game, uh, he had 68 yards, but a lot of that was on like one or two large plays. Um, and I just, I really don't see it here. For Rondale Moore, I think he's going to be a really good player going forward, but you will never know when to start him. Uh, and something At least else, not this year, right? Exactly. Um, and something else that we said too is that, like the Cardinals under Cliff Kingsbury, they haven't been able to support a consistent wide receiver too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's don't chase the Rondale Moore hype right now. Sorry, I'm going to sneeze. No, I'm not going to sneeze. This is great podcasting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, don't chase around Rondo more hype right now. Uh, you can, though, somewhat surprisingly, I think rely on some of these other wide receivers. You know, I'm not talking about New, New Hopkins yet because that feels obvious, but we will talk about him in a minute. Um, but A.J. Green, my guy... AJ Green has yet to play fewer than 50 snaps in a game uh, and has had six targets for each of these first three weeks. Um, so this past week, he was five receptions for 112 yards, which was great. Um, and yeah, he, I, I played him in a deep league. Where yeah, I yeah let's go. Uh, and this is a PFF stat that uh, AJ Green is tied for the most catches uh, 20 yards downfield with four uh, tied with Tyler Lockett and Brandon Cooks. Um, so he is, I think last year he was like 112th in that category. Um, so it shows how they're using him so far this season. And I think surprisingly, old man AJ Green. Uh, actually may have some juice left here in this offense. Uh, and then the other one that is pretty viable, I think, is Christian Kirk, who had a big week this past week, um, has had solid weeks the first two weeks of the season, um, and I think is a viable wide receiver four with upside type flex play type um, that I don't know necessarily. Like I said, we haven't seen the history of uh, these Cardinals under Cliff Kingsbury being able to consistently support a wide receiver too. 
Um, but so far, it looks like there's at least Christian Kirk and maybe a little bit of AJ Green as well that you can have some uh, an okay floor and then a little bit of upside from them as well, which is pretty cool. And then Rondé Moore can always go off for a big play uh, as well. But I'm definitely trusting Kirk and AJ a little bit more mm-hmm. than Rondale Moore at this point. Um, yeah, Rondale to me is right now kind of in the Mecole zone. I think mm-hmm. I would certainly put him above uh, McCole Hardman, but uh, at, but yeah, I, the snap percentages, the opportunities just aren't there enough yet yeah. um, and to he, really trust it. He gets, he has been getting the ball when he's on the field, which is good news for the most part. This last week, that wasn't how it went. But uh, the prior weeks, he he was getting opportunities when he saw the field. But he's just not seeing the field very much. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's on the field for 50 snaps, they're more likely to get the ball than if somebody is uh, on the field for 25 snaps. Yeah. Um, so the last wide receiver here who feels like an auto start uh most weeks is DeAndre Hopkins last week uh was pretty pedestrian with only three mm-hmm. catches and 21 yards uh, pedestrian is uh is generous <laughs> for three catches yeah. for 21 yards uh, yeah it was pretty uh terrible um yes. <laughs> but the first two weeks he had had good weeks with uh three touchdown receptions in those first three weeks um, one thing that did pop up, he was a do not practice for most of the week last week. And then again, was a DNP today on Wednesday. Um, but that happened a bunch last year too. And new Hopkins is just one of those players that consistently doesn't practice and then consistently goes out and plays well on the field. Uh, this week I'm nervous though, probably going to see a Jalen Ramsey shadow, you know, coming off potentially looks like a new injury. Didn't play well last week. Um, you know, it's the same start your studs, but uh, I would, even in this high over under game, I would think that there may be more opportunities for those other wide receivers that may be some decent daily plays or deep league plays, uh, and that you might see something similar that we saw last week of a little bit less DeAndre Hopkins and a little bit more of uh, AJ Christian Kirk. Um, last week we also had, uh, Max Williams, uh, <laughs> human Max Williams. Yep. He was on the field. Um, and no other Cardinals offensive player touched the ball. That isn't one that we've talked about. Uh, so there's no ancillary pieces here. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just those guys. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, uh, I was so I think I didn't really have anything else to add for the Cardinals. Something I was going to set up for the Rams. Um, I was looking at Matt Stafford's stats. He's only can you believe he's only made a single Pro Bowl? That's bonkers. Um, his 2011 season, especially, might be like the most bizarrely snub performance of all time. Um, he had over 5000 passing yards and 41 touchdowns for a team that went 10 and 6. Um one comeback player of the year and didn't make the pro bowl. Um I he was apparently named an alternate but he, I does I guess that didn't count or I I guess it only counts if you actually get to go. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he didn't, so he <laughs> that he didn't get a Pro Bowl in a year that he was awesome in. Yeah. Um, also, that score for that Pro Bowl is fifty nine to forty one. Like, what? So what a, a clean, bizarre! What a bizarre event! <laughs> clean hundred point over under. Yes. Uh, Anyways, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Matthew Stafford's good. Uh, yeah, he was good a decade ago, and he's good now. I think he'll make the Pro Bowl this year if he <laughs> stays healthy. Uh, just, just a guess. I like those odds. I mean, on the season, nine touchdowns, only one interception so far through those first uh, few weeks. That's that's pretty damn good. Uh, is he your is he your real life MVP so far? Hmm. I think recency bias says real life MVP after he. Uh, just outplayed probably the guy that was the MVP candidate after two weeks, which was Tom Brady with his league lead in touchdowns. Um, so recency bias says maybe real life MVP right now. Um, I think Dak's definitely in the conversation. Um, and yeah, maybe from a quarterbacking perspective, it's Dak, it's Brady, and it's Matt Stafford probably leading the charge. Um. He is the MVP for my fantasy team in Dynasty, where he is my quarterback, too, uh, and just outperforming all of my wildest dreams so far. Um, I mean, last week was amazing, and we know that you can pass on the Bucks, and so he, he went out and did that. Uh, but mm-hmm. he has absolutely unlocked uh, Cooper Cup with their their breakfasts that uh, they must be having some French toast, which is just the, I mean, French toast is the greatest breakfast food. Come at me. Yeah. Uh, but I won't. <laughs> heck yeah. That see, I, I knew that, that this was a, a match made in heaven for us, Nick. Uh, we can agree on fantasy football mostly and uh, agree on French toast for breakfast always. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, they must be having some French toast because Cooper cup is, his game is sweet. Uh, last uh, last week again, another multi touchdown performance, almost a hundred yards, nine receptions. Uh, overall, the number four player in all of PPR fantasy, including quarterbacks, uh, and he's the only non quarterback in the top ten. Uh, leads the NFL in catches, yards, and receiving touchdowns. Uh, dude's just out of his mind right now. Uh, yeah. uh, shit, I, I'm, I, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Um, one thing that feels bad though, is that because Cooper cup is playing so great, Robert Woods is doing much less. Um, he is on pace for less targets than he usually averages. Uh, usually he's up in that uh, 130 target range in the 16 game season. And right now he's on pace for more like 110 in a 17 game season. Uh, and so, you know, so far just one, uh, touchdown on the year, uh, 124 total yards through those three games and, uh, only 11 receptions, you know, (laughs) Cooper cup has more than double the receptions that, uh, Robert Woods has. And so it's, tough i mean also deshaun jackson on the team 
who caught a bomb touchdown and had 120 yards this past week, and that really inflates his 141 yards on the season. Um, but, you know, in in one game from Deshaun Jackson, had almost as many receiving yards as Cooper Cup has had on the season. Um, Van Jefferson, more receiving yards than Cooper Cup, even after his four-yard performance this past week. Uh, but Van Jefferson has at least three targets in every game. Um, and as uh, you know, we have here in the doc, uh, been a low-end flex in two out of three weeks, which isn't nothing. Um, yeah. So it really just feels like Robert Woods is starting to slide into that, well, it isn't nothing category. Um, and I'm starting to get pretty nervous. I wasn't nervous after the first uh, week. I wasn't nervous after the second week, but it just keeps happening. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I am getting pretty nervous now about Robert Woods. But I mean, Matt Stafford throws to all of them. Start him up. I think he is exceeding expectations in fantasy and in real life. And uh, Cooper Cup, just be happy if you got him. Uh, because it's got to feel a, good. Oh, if you think that if just having Cooper Cup feels good, imagine having Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford stacked mm. in a 14 team league. That's got to feel good. Oh, that is <laughs> glorious. Um, another the last pass catcher here that's remotely relevant is Tyler Higby, who had a good game last week. Um, I don't quite expect it to be as good this week. Arizona in seasons past was the worst against tight ends, but has shored that up a little bit. Um, had a touchdown, so that can happen, and it's a tight end position. Um, but I, I kind of see Tyler Higby in that same type of streaming tight end category. Um, then lastly here... And I think there is potential for these players because uh, you can kind of run on the Cardinals some uh, that Daryl Henderson might be back this week. Uh, you know, we talked about it in the news. Uh, return to practice Wednesday, and Sean McVay says that he expects him to play. Uh, so if Daryl Henderson is back, then we, I think you can fire him back up in your lineup. Uh, Sony Michelle had 20 carries last week, uh, which was surprising. Um, and fairly, uh, I mean, I don't know though, just barely over three yards per carry, but it was a bad running matchup that we talked about, uh, last week as well. Um, but if Henderson's out, then I think you could start Sony as a low end RB two, maybe when I think he'll have lots of opportunities here. He caught the ball a couple times which was, uh, that was new. Um, and he didn't do much with it, but three receptions is three points in PPR. Um, mm-hmm. So if they're both active, you start Daryl Henderson. If it's just Sony, I think you can start him up with uh, pretty solid confidence. Um, I think unlike the last game that uh, you know you just previewed, I think this is a maybe smash the over type moment in this one. I expect a lot of points to be put up and pretty much every fantasy relevant option here uh, is worth a shot. Even these uh, extra Rams wide receivers are worth some daily shots in a game that I think is going to be full of points. 
Yeah. Um, so let's wrap up with the Carolina Panthers at the Dallas Cowboys. Um, this is a 50 and a half point over under, um, and the Cowboys are favored by four and a half. Um, Sam Darnold um, continues to prove the Adam Gase curse um, is it's real. <laughs> appears to be real. Um, what was and, that? Uh, uh, <laughs> what was that tweet that you shared with me? Um, it was an absolutely incredible stat where supposedly I have not checked this. Um, so we all know, you know, Sam Darnold, um, Kenyon Drake had a nice season immediately after leaving him. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is obviously the most famous example. Um, but so also he was on the coaching staff at LSU the year before they won the national title. and. Um, was on was on the Broncos the year before they won a Super Bowl, and the year after he graduated high school, his high school won the the state jet title. So, um, yeah, he I, the curse is real. The curse is so real, and yeah, Sam Darnold has proven it. Yeah, um, hat tip to Dave Klug for pointing out that Sam Darnold is tied for the league lead in rushing touchdowns, which is a fun little wrinkle in everything. Um, that said, on the season has rushed 14 times for 17 yards, but, you know, those three touchdowns are still three touchdowns, so that gives him six total touchdowns to just one interception on the year. Um, I don't, you could stream him, I think. It's a good enough matchup where, uh, and he's playing well enough where you could stream him, um, uh, or put him in a daily lineup. I'm not hoping you're not just relying on him in like a 10 team league for your quarterback, uh, your quarterback one, but um yeah you can certainly i think stream him in this matchup um another uh plus in his corner is that he has really stepped it up um in his total qbr rating so david newton at espn pointed out that he went from having the worst qbr over the last three seasons with 41.4 to number six this year so um at 66.8 we will see what he does against a competent football team, which the last three weeks, with the exception of maybe the Saints, has been uh, questionable. But yeah, we um, definitely seems to have uh, turned a corner. And if he, if so, um, really glad for him to get out of that terrible situation. That is mm-hmm. weirdly seemed to got. Maybe worse in New York, um, because they are playing like absolute butt. Um, uh, obviously we talked about Christian McCaffrey at the top. Uh, Chuba Hubbard had a nice game in relief, uh, with fifty-two rushing yards and three catches for twenty-seven yards. Um, Royce Freeman is maybe someone to monitor just in case he uh, he's been, you know, a somewhat productive running back in the past. Um, so could potentially, um, you know, could potentially take uh, some of those snaps away from Chuba. Um, DJ Moore 
uh, you know, absolute stud this year. Um, Andy Holloway from the fantasy footballers uh, tweeted out that he has the most 20 yard receptions in football um, with six. Uh, It seems to maybe contradict the stat with AJ green having the most um, 20 yards downfield. I think the qualifier is downfield there. I think that AJ's are actual, yeah, like air yard um, receptions, whereas DJ is just, you know, total receptions that ended up being 20 yards. So, um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, DJ Moore has uh, elevated himself to the out clear alpha receiver here. He's on fire. Yeah. Um, hopefully can step up the touchdown production, but even if he doesn't, um, I think is at worst a back end wide receiver one. Um, Robbie Anderson has been so tricky. He is just not getting a lot of targets, only 11 on the year, just five catches, 100. Uh, it did have 103 yards, but like 70 of those, I think, came on one play. Um, he's You're obviously not starting him un- until um, you see something turn around. I've, uh, the good news is, for Robbie at least, that he doesn't have Christian McCaffrey eating all of those targets this year or this week. Um, so maybe he gets a little bit extra, um, another podcast said that he's still the clear number two. I don't know if that's totally true. Terrace Marshall has been getting, has been getting looks, um, Mm -hmm. has out targeted him through, uh, three games, um, has more, has twice as many receptions. Um, and, and Marshall isn't anything more than like a wide receiver five probably (laughs) wide receiver four or five right now but um i think he uh, unless we see uh, uh, and i don't have the snap counts in front of me maybe the snap count and route numbers say something differently but right now the target numbers are saying that it might be terrace marshall that and not robbie that is the panthers wide receiver too um so with the departure of Dan Arnold, Tommy Tremble now becomes uh, the Panthers, uh, presumably the Panthers starting tight end. Um, Ian Thomas still exists and doesn't do much else. Mm. Um, so Tremble only got two opportunities last week, but he did get a nice deep catch and a rushing touchdown. So um, he's not he's not in the streaming category for me yet, but maybe he develops over the course of the year. I will say, Um, I I really think the Ian Thomas versus Tommy Tremble, it's probably just about the name. I mean, if you could put a guy on the field named Tommy Tremble instead of a guy, two first names, Ian Thomas, you're going with Mr. Tremble, I I think. Yeah, I absolutely would take Tommy Tremble. He is uh look up my panthers draft recap for my <laughs> my waxing poetic about tommy tremble and his amazing name um so the cowboys um dak prescott auto start is just unstoppable right now um i will say one thing i noticed 
um, speaking about weird rushing totals for uh, quarterbacks. Um, and this is understandable since he's coming off of major ang- like leg surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, he There's a chance he might not hit his rushing yard total from last year. Um, where he only played five games. So um, between 2016 and 2019, he averaged a 60, 305, and five touchdown line. Um, last year in like four and a half games, he was on pace for pretty much that, 64 rushes, uh, 330 yards, and uh, but that 10 touchdowns, touchdowns probably <laughs> is not what he would have gotten. but. Um, you know, uh, the other rushing numbers are pretty in line. Um, he finished the season with 93 yards rushing again, um, uh, in just four and a half games. Um, this year, the attempts are roughly on the same pace, but the efficiency is way down. So he's on pace for a 69, uh, rushes, which is, you know, in line with his previous seasons. But for only 101 yards, um, I think he's only averaging like two yards a carry or something right now. Uh, again, understandable, but um, a little worrisome. It, it's yeah, worrisome. It, and I mean, he's totally fine. He's more than making up for it in the passing game. But that I don't know if it's something where that's just gone from his game now or if it's going to be something that he just needs to work up to getting back to that same level. Um, the great running back mystery of Zeke versus Tony Pollard. We touched on a little bit. Zeke clearly won that this week um, with over a hundred total yards and two touchdowns. Um, almost had a third too. Yeah. Uh, um, that could have that. So I was close. so close to the comeback. Uh, the Monday night miracle comeback and uh, that additional touchdown really would have helped. But yeah, he had an amazing <laughs> game. Um, So Zeke auto start uh, Pollard is flex. I we've talked about is in flexible territory. I think every week right now um, and especially this one, um, the Panthers defense has played out of its mind, mm-hmm. but we will really see just how legit they are this week um i think that there's probably an in between that is the truth between the 85 bears that they've been like <laughs> playing like so far and the the and i don't know the uh, kind the of overachieving <laughs> well i was gonna even just say the overachieving unit from last year there's somewhere in between is the truth Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know which side it leans towards yet. Um, the Amari Cooper, uh, very worrisome last week, although, um, was limited, I think most week of the week in practice with a rib injury. So, um, but, uh, you know, to be at 26 targets through, three games when he had 16 in week one and we were just absolutely raving about him and CD lamb and how they were going to both potentially be back end wide receiver ones. Oops. Um, a little bit troublesome. <laughs> um, 
and worrisome and troubling. I don't think troublesome is a word. More it is a fantasy. Com- <laughs> um so yeah, a little bit worrying. I think that Cooper will be fine though. Um again, you're going to be starting both him and Lamb, even uh despite kind of the worrisome numbers last week. Um I'm leaning Dalton Schultz in the Dalton Schultz versus Blake Jarwin uh yeah. mystery. You gotta be after um, last week. Yeah, I mean clearly after last week. Um but it even if we take out the two touchdowns, um he's outsnapped Jarwin in every game so far and out targeted him in two of three. Um Cedric Wilson, who is kind of the third wide receiver option with Michael Gallup out. Um, He caught a touchdown last week, but not really anything else to see here. Just four targets last week, just nine targets on the season. Um, Do you have any thoughts before moving on to our speed round? I mean, just to say that this matchup for DJ Moore is tasty. Uh, he's mm-hmm. already been fantastic, uh, and I expect him to be absolutely fantastic again. Uh, I was going to put him in the speed round as this guy could be the wide receiver one this week, and then I realized that we were already Ooh. talking about him in the game preview, but I really feel like that this week, that with this matchup, with how hot he's been so far, uh, if he can get into the end zone, uh, yeah, overall wide receiver one this week is kind of what I'm feeling Whew. like for DJ Moore. I would, I would certainly take that since I have him in a couple of places. And mm-hmm. me too. Uh, it's the first time I think we've talked about either one of our actual real life teams outside of your fake or your secret favorite team, the <laughs> Saints, who we talk about fairly regularly. Yeah. Um, so it's been fun talking about the Panthers. Hopefully, we will get plenty more opportunities. Um, let's wrap up with our speed round. Um, so I'm not really convinced that Javante, the Javante Williams breakout is coming this year. Um, I certainly could be wrong, but, um, so Hayden Winks, um, found that only 44 or that 44% of Williams's touches are coming during garbage time, uh, when their win probability is 95% or higher compared to just one third of teammate Melvin Gordon's. So they're not really trusting him as much when the game is actually on the line. It's mostly when, you know, the game is out of reach. Um, Javante is the number one player in garbage time usage among players with at least 30 opportunities this year. Um, So he also fumbled a goal line snap this past week. I don't know. I just I don't know how much they're going to trust him until either Melvin um, proves to be inadequate or he really starts turning it on. So, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not convinced yet. Melvin, I would still maybe try to trade Melvin high, but um, yeah, I'm not convinced that the breakout is necessarily coming this year. Yeah, uh, next up, don't sleep on the potential of Dawson Knox, Bill's tight end. 
Uh, he's averaging four targets a week, which isn't a ton, but uh, in a high passing offense like the Bills, that's a 9% target share that is legit for tight end. Uh, and he has scored no less than eight PPR points in a game this year, and he plays the Texans this week, who give up the fourth most points to the tight end position. So definitely a viable tight end streamer uh, like I teased earlier in the show. Um, Damian Harris, Patriots running back, played just 31% of the snaps on Sunday. Um, I am sitting him so hard this week that he breaks the chair. Um, on a similar note, um, the Patriot or the Bucks are only favored by six and a half right now. I personally would feel comfortable picking the Bucks to cover at twice that much. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, smash the Bucks minus 6.5 in my opinion. Next up here, uh, don't be afraid of Calvin Ridley's slow start. He's been fine, but he hasn't been the overall wide receiver one that we were hoping. Uh, And the Falcons offenses look terrible, but Ridley is averaging almost 10 targets per game and so far has only scored one touchdown. Uh, He's someone that historically has been a touchdown scorer, averaging around eight touchdowns a season. Uh, So I would expect him to pick that up Uh, And I'd expect the next quarter of the season to be better than the first. So don't panic and trade him away just yet. So last thing, weird thing that I noticed in Hayden Winks's situational usage stats. Um, He put out a column about that. Um, He has a metric called dream ops, which um, are more valuable opportunities so like near the goal line targets on passing downs targets while clearly trailing um things like that um the overall white running back one in green ops is um Najee harris after his you know unreal receiving game that we already talked about um the RB2 and RB3 are teammates, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. So part of that's probably the uh, targets while clearly trailing since they have trailed a lot uh, this year on the Lions. But um, yeah, just weird little coincidence that the second and third running back in the entire league are on the same team. I don't know what you do with that information. Uh, Maybe tick up Jamal Williams in your flex uh your flex ratings because he is getting these kind of more valuable opportunities but um yeah just weird thing i noticed sometimes i just like weird stats and that's what makes it into the speed round (laughs) anyways that is our show um you can again follow the show on twitter at 25ylff and I am Nick Luciano. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Nick G Luciano. And I am Elijah Motika. And you can follow me on Twitter at Elijah Motika. Uh, be sure to rate and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Once again, thanks for listening. And we will see you 25 yards later. Thank you for listening to 25 Yards Later, Sports Obsesses Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network. 
Audio editing by Mitch Proctor and music by Elijah Motika. What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at ruminationsradionetwork.com.